why don't we get started with the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. <coughs> the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriha at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Samba of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination. And at the same time, Noble Avokateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the Profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avokateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, How should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita address in this way? Noble Avokateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Kesharikutra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics, there is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra and emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind, consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times, by means of Prajnaparamita, fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teyata Om Gate Gate Bharagate Parasangati Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Avakateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family. Thus it is, O son of noble family. Thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita, just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avakateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world and its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. <laughs>
Chandra Samaraya Bede Asa Ongade Gade Paragade Parasangade Bodhiswa Baba Gonje Sanji Gaye Dembe Doji Shea Lopa Doji Lopa Doji Shewa Doji Dragi Bechi Matim Bechi Tanji Shea Dinko Hiswa Kirin Donja Jeju Shewa Don Midon Bejen the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas high wrap the sky and Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love. And let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready. Shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. Jan Jo Badu Dani Jazuji 
So again, we will be going to the beginning of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa. Um, and the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment is an actual commentary on Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. So, of what uh, are the contents of Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment? And we can find uh, in the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment all three of the great lineages, the lineage passed down uh, from Manjushri to Nagarjuna, the, uh, the profound view lineage, the extensive deeds lineage passed down from Lord uh, Macheya to Asanga, uh, uh, and the um, uh, profound, I'm, I'm sorry, the pra- lineage of practicing blessings passed down from Vajradhara to Tulopa Naropa, uh, etc. So these three lineages uh, made their way to Lord Atisha. So the Lamb for the Path to Enlightenment contains the contents of all of these three lineages because Atisha is the holder of all three. So the, uh, another way to uh, summarize the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment is by way of the three uh, capacities, the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity, the teaching shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and the teachings for beings of great capacity. So if we were to uh, summarize Buddha's teachings or look at uh, the different ones, that uh, pronouncements that Buddha gave of the sutra teachings and the tantra teachings, uh, we would find that we could, uh, uh, all of the Buddha's teachings are summarized in the teachings for beings of three capacities, the teachings for beings of small, medium, and great capacity. That should be true, but that's true. 
So uh, if the the um, the stages of the teachings or the stages of the path for beings of small capacity are pathways which lead beings to the higher realms. The stages of the path for beings of medium capacity uh, are pathways which lead beings to liberation, and the stages of the path. Uh, for beings of great capacity are pathways which lead beings to Buddhahood. So, why is it possible that uh, these three pathways can be practiced? Um, and the reason for this potential is that all sentient beings possess a mind. And the mind is defined, by, uh, defined in the following way that which is in the nature of clear light and unsullied or unstained. So the mind is defined in this way. So therefore, the potential exists for the mind to engage in the, uh, the stages, in the pathways which lead uh, beings to the lower realms. The mind has the ability to engage in the um, pathways which lead beings to the higher realms. The mind has the ability to engage in the pathways which lead beings to liberation or nirvana. And the mind also has the ability to uh, engage in the pathways which lead beings to um, Buddhahood. So the mind possesses this ability and therefore the Buddha gave these uh, three uh, different um, uh, uh, types of uh, pathways which lead to three different results. So the mind has the this ability, um, has these abilities, um, and because there are uh, past and future lives, if we look at this particular life, we desire to have happiness, and all sentient beings desire to have happiness. So, therefore, if we necessarily desire happiness in this life, because of the presence of future lives, we will necessarily desire happiness in those future lives. Um, so then, we arrive at Dharma, or religion. <laughs> So, there are various signs that prove the existence of previous lives, and there are three particular ones uh, uh, that are given. And the first is that uh, there are um, the sense powers that came from a previous sense power, and, and these three correct signs prove the beginningless uh, um, nature of uh, rebirth. That's in the first, the, the sense powers is the first example. This son lama son wang shi chi kona lao son. That's the first thing. 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 That
So the, then the second sign is the breathing in and out, and the third is the consciousness itself. Uh, so all of these prove the uh, beginningless nature of rebirth. So, um, why do we have, why do we exist at this moment in cyclic existence? The reason for our presence in cyclic existence at this moment is because previously, in our previous life, we still had attachment. We had an abandoned attachment. Um, and if we possess attachment in this life and do not abandon it, then we will necessarily take on another rebirth in cyclic existence. But attachment itself can be abandoned, and if we do so, then uh, that allows us to abandon cyclic existence and that, that next rebirth into it. So if we look at this presence of uh, future lives um, and we wish to abandon uh, rebirth into the the lower realms of cyclic existence of hell, hungry ghosts, and animal, then we have to engage in the practices which are pathways which lead us to the higher realms and allow us to abandon the lower realms. So, uh, and the higher realms being gods, demigods, and humans. So, if we engage in the uh, going for refuge to the three jewels um, and engage in the ethics which is an abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, and if we have engaged in misdeeds or unethical behavior, acknowledge <coughs> then these three activities will allow us to uh, achieve rebirth into the higher <coughs> realms and abandon uh, rebirth into the lower realms. And these are the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity. <laughs> So even if we abandon rebirth into the lower uh, realms of cyclic existence, uh, and we achieve rebirth in the higher realms of the demigod, gods, demigods, and humans, uh, we still have suffering. We still have to have the, uh, the uh, various types of suffering of uh, birth, aging, sickness, and death, and suffering of suffering, suffering of change, and pervasive compounded suffering. So in order uh, to abandon suffering altogether, we have to engage in uh, practices which allow us to get rid of the karma and the afflictions, which they are the origin of uh, that status. So, in order to do so, we have to engage in the practices of the three highest higher trainings. The highest higher training in ethics, the highest higher training in concentration, which uses as its object of observation emptiness, and the highest higher training in uh, wisdom, which use, uses as its object of observation 
uh, emptiness. So by doing so, we are able to abandon uh, the karma and afflictions that are the origin of that suffering <coughs> cyclic existence and achieve a state of uh, cessation. So this be these uh, highest higher trainings become the pathways which uh, lead us uh, from that suffering. <coughs> So in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, there are many negations that are made. Negations, uh, there is no eye, there is no ear, etc. Um, and uh, these negations refer to the lack of true establishment of uh, the subjects that are being negated. Uh, so here the um, uh, assertion isn't of, of non-existence. The assertion of, is of lack of true establishment or lack of true existence. Um, so. Uh, based on the belief that I am uh, truly established, uh, which is a mistaken view, uh, um, cyclic existence occurs. Uh, the grasping of true establishment, uh, afflictions, uh, karma, and suffering occur. But by recognizing the, the fact that I am not truly established, by engaging in the practice of the three highest higher trainings of ethics, uh, concentration, and wisdom, uh, one can abandon that mistaken view and therefore abandon what it creates by abandoning the grasping at true establishment of the I. We abandon the afflictions and abandon the actions which they uh, um, um, propel and then abandon the suffering which they produce. So uh, uh, this is how uh, we um, achieve the state um, uh, beyond suffering. Uh, and these are the, the, the teachings for medium beings of medium capacity. So, the, if we were to in a dark room, uh, believe that a rope is a snake and grasp that the rope is being a snake, uh, the only thing that we could, uh, the only way we could uh, abandon that uh, misconception or wrong view is to know that it is a rope and not a snake. Likewise, the way to abandon the mistaken view that allows us to, or forces us to grasp at uh, true establishment, we have to have its opponent, which is the non-mistaken view that recognizes the lack of true establishment of things. <laughs> So the next pathway is the pathway which leads beings to uh, Buddhahood, uh, um, to the to the, the to Buddhahood, and this is by first by recognizing that. Like ourselves, all sentient beings also wish to not have suffering. Uh, so then we turn our attention to other sentient beings and their suffering as well as ours, and wish that 
and, and then by practicing love and compassion and the mind that aspires to enlightenment, we are able to eventually achieve um, a Buddhahood. So these are the pathways uh, which lead beings to Buddhahood. So then if we uh, are able to achieve um, a very uh, strong uh, practice within this, uh, um, what was last explained, uh, then we can ga engage in the um, stages of tantric practice, which will allow us to achieve um, a very uh, swift, uh, a Buddhahood in a very swift fashion. So we can uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, receive an initiation um, and then engage in the generation and completion stage practices. So uh, then we're able to engage in the higher tantric practices of the Dzogchen tradition and the Mahamudra tradition and the uh, union of uh, bliss and emptiness uh, tradition, Dzogchen, Shachen, Dan. So Rinpoche said that uh, there are different uh, um, words or different names for these, but uh, they all mean the same thing. The Dzogchen, the Mahamudra tradition, uh, the union of bliss and emptiness tradition, and the uh, Sakya practice of I've forgotten, I'm sorry, uh, um, clear light, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the, the fourth one, but these are all the same, uh, the meaning is all the same. Okay. So if we, then now we've arrived at the preliminary instruction section in the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. And uh, it begins with uh, the... Um, assertion that there are two ways to explain teachings for the ancient tradition, the Alanda tradition of the three purities, and the Vikramalashila tradition of the three greatnesses. And the, the greatness, greatnesses are the greatness of the author, the greatness of the um, teaching, and the great way to listen to and explain the teaching. Uh, so uh, Lama Tsongkhapa chooses to follow the um, Vikramalashila tradition by way of the three, uh, explaining the, the teaching by way of the three greatnesses. Uh, so uh, the um, first section on the greatness of the author uh, gives the uh, liberation life story of Lord Atisha. Um, and then the next section is the greatness of the teaching. 
And uh, that section is broken down into four categories, and the teaching here that is great, again, is Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. So that's uh, what is being referred to uh, by the word teaching. Um, so there are four um, greatnesses that are explained, and the first is the, um, uh, the greatness uh, of allowing one to see that all the teachings are free from contradiction or that they are not mutually exclusive. Uh, the second is um, uh, um, allowing one to see that all of the teachings are instructions for practice. Um, the third is uh, allowing one to easily understand the conqueror's intent. Um, and the fourth one is allowing one to automatically refrain from the great wrongdoing. Uh, so these are the four categories um, uh, in the, under the heading of greatness of the teaching. Um, so the third section is uh, the great way to listen to and explain the teachings. Um, and then uh, the first um, section, how um, it's uh, is how to listen to a teaching in which both the teaching and the author are great. Um, so the first, there are three categories under that. And the first is contemplating, contemplating the benefits of hearing the teaching. So uh, uh, there are many benefits to listening well to a teaching. So contemplating those. The second is developing reverence for the teaching and the instructor. And under that section we see how it shows that uh, when uh, there is a teaching being given that there should be uh, some sort of a a throne or a high seat constructed because of what's being taught, um, and etc. Et uh, so there are uh, various um, um, explanations under that section. And the third is how you actually listen. Um, and then there are two subsections under that, and it's first uh, how you abandon the, the, the uh, three faults of a vessel, or of a, of a pot, or um, uh, it's either way you can... Uh, translate it. Uh, and then the, the second is relying on the six ideas. Uh, so uh, these are the first three sections of the first section under the great way to listen to and explain the teachings. ก็ครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับ
Shiba Majin Dio Mothers and Rodinus and Katie Shiba in a Kujes on the Petro Mother, Hilas Mosis, Leba Rodinus, Hilas Mosi, Sanji Otto Mother. So the three, it says under the section of how you actually listen. There are abandoning the three faults of a vessel or of a pot. Um, and the first um, uh, faulty vessel, um, it actually could be translated as the three faulty vessels. So the first faulty vessel would be one in which that uh, um, uh, was over, uh, overturned. Um, and if a, a vessel or a pot is overturned, uh, then nothing can be put inside. One can't put any water or any food inside of it. Likewise, if one isn't listening, while the teaching is being given, then it's not possible for the information to be retained. Uh, so uh, that's the first fault that one should abandon. Um, and the not listening is compared to an overturned pot or an overturned uh, bowl, you could translate or vessel. Um, uh, so the second um, is uh, abandoning uh, uh, the fault of a, of a sullied or a dirty vessel. Um, so here, uh, this is referring to a bad motivation uh, or the wrong reason for attending the teaching. So if one has a sullied vessel or pot, any food or uh, water, anything that's put inside will be contaminated or poisoned. Uh, likewise, if one has the wrong motivation for listening to a teaching, uh, even if one listens to it, what goes inside becomes contaminated or sullied. Uh, so one needs to have a good motivation. And a good motivation refers to uh, attending the teaching uh, for those three ideas we previously mentioned, uh, for uh, attending the teaching to achieve the state of higher realm rebirth, attending the teaching to be able to achieve the state of liberation, and attending the teaching to be able to uh, achieve the state of Buddhahood for the sake of all sentient beings. So these are the proper motivations that we should have and the reasons for attending uh, the teaching. Uh, so this is the opposite of what a sullied pot would be. Um, so we need to abandon that con uh, uh, negative motivation for attending a teaching. And that's the second. The third is uh, uh, compared to a leaky <coughs> pot, or a pot that has a hole inside of it. Um, if no matter what uh, you put inside of a, a pot, if it has a hole in it, then it will eventually leak out of it, and that's not a proper vessel. So this is compared to forgetting what's been instructed. Uh, so uh, one should listen uh, very well and not forget what is being said. And there's a quote uh, um, from Buddha uh, um, that, that speaks of these three faults um, and the antidotes of the opponents to them. And Buddha stated, listen well, thoroughly, um, and hold it in mind. Um, so, um, uh, um, uh, so, and it says, listen while wanting to understand everything. Stay one-pointed attentive with your mind focused and reflective. Uh, so here, this is a quote um, uh, in here from this, the uh, Buddha's actual sutra. Um, and this is referring to um, a list, Tambo Anja Nye, the Tambo the Sanjay Do. Okay. So the first list. Okay. So the first listen well is referring to um, abandoning the fault of an um, uh, um, impure 
motivation or negative motivation. So it's uh, listening well is referring to listening with the proper motivation. Then a nipa. Um, so thoroughly is referring to Anjir Yabugun, Nipa. Okay, then, it, hmm. then uh, the second uh, <coughs> thoroughly is referring to uh, listening well, uh, and it's referring to abandoning the um, overturned pot where one isn't listening at all. So, first it says uh, um, listen well, that's referring to having a good motivation. Thoroughly is referring to uh, actually listening and not. Um, um, uh, closing one's ears or uh, basically abandoning the overturned pot and hold it in mind refers to abandoning the, the leaky pot uh, uh, not forgetting it uh, so listen well uh, with a good motivation thoroughly actually listening and hold it in mind not forgetting it uh, so this is a quote from Buddha and how it relates to those three vessels <laughs> So it's very similar uh, in a school setting, what Buddha said. One, if one's in school and there's a teacher uh, teaching a student, then one should listen well, one should listen thoroughly, and one should listen and hold it in one's mind. So uh, it's similar in other settings, not just uh, specific to Buddhism. Similar. <laughs> So um, the next is relying on the six ideas. And here the word ideas, if we look at the Tibetan, that word refers to um, uh, such examples as I am human. This is an idea. Uh, this is a form. This is an idea. Um, so the next would be I am sick. So this is an idea. Um, and uh, this is one of the first ideas. And here, when we speak of sickness, we're speaking of being sick with the various types of suffering, the suffering of birth, aging, sickness, and death, the suffering of suffering, the suffering of change, the pervasive compounded suffering. Uh, so uh, this is what we're speaking of. So by recognizing this uh, fact that we are ill um, and that we have these conditions, we can develop the desire to definitely emerge from them or renunciation. Um, so the 
this is uh, what ideas is referring to, and the first one among the six ideas is thinking of oneself as if uh, he or she is, uh, as if uh, one is sick, or if, uh, as a sick person, or an ill person. So the second, after thinking of yourself as a sick person, is thinking of the instructor as a doctor. And here, this is uh, referring to the fact that the teaching is like a, a medicine that's being given. So the, the teacher is like a doctor. Um, uh, uh, because if one had tuberculosis or uh, cancer or um, um, any uh, type of regular illness, uh, one would want to renounce that. One would want to definitely be free from that type of sickness. So he or she would go uh, to a doctor, um, and then the doctor would prescribe some sort of uh, medication after a diagnosis has been given. So likewise, we are sick with the various types of suffering. We have the illness of suffering, the illness of the eight types of suffering, the illness of the six types of suffering, the three types of suffering. And if we get this desire to definitely emerge or renounce these various types of suffering that are like an illness, then we have to uh, um, um, go to uh, an appropriate uh, um, a person who can help us with this. And Buddha is able to. Buddha um, uh, stated that the, the, the Dharma is like medicine for these, this, uh, these sufferings. Um, so the Buddha stated uh, that one can be free from suffering and be free from afflictions by engaging in the fourth noble truth. The, uh, the, um, and the statement that Buddha made about that was that this is the superior truth of path. So it is by engaging in the path that one can be free from uh, this illness or sickness. And this is why we look at the teacher as a doctor who is uh, um, actually prescribing uh, um, something to us to free us from our ultimate illness. So if we um, then look at the third, think of the instructor's explications as medicine. If we look at uh, what the Buddha has taught and look at those teachings, the Dharma teachings as medicine, uh, we can see that they allow us to uh, abandon uh, the various negativities that keep us in various states of suffering. 
Um, if we look at the uh, superior truth of path or the statement that Buddha made, that this is the superior truth of path, the pathway is that which uh, leads beings to the various states of freedom from suffering. The pathways which, uh, um, uh, for beings of small capacity, lead, which lead beings to the higher realms, the pathways for, uh, uh, um, and abandon the lower realms of suffering, the pathways uh, for beings of medium capacity, which allow one to achieve liberation and abandon the afflictions and abandon suffering altogether for oneself alone. Um, uh, um, and then the um, um, uh, teachings for beings of great capacity which allow one uh, to abandon the self-cherishing attitude and then the obstructions to omniscience and then achieve the state of Buddhahood or uh, unsurpassable true complete enlightenment. So one looks at these various teachings as medicine um, and the, for the reasons just given because they cure the various illnesses of suffering at various levels of that suffering. So the next is think of earnest practice as the way to cure your disease. And uh, here, if we go to the doctor and the doctor diagnoses us and gives us a prescription that will uh, cure our illness and then we don't take the medicine and it's not really uh, going to defeat the illness. Um, so here, this is referring to the fact that we have to engage in the practices that we're being taught in order to uh, free ourselves from the various types of suffering. We're able to uh, achieve rebirth in the higher realms and, and abandon the lower realm suffering. We're able to achieve uh, abandonment of afflictions and achieve liberation or nirvana on our own self alone. And we're able to achieve the abandonment of a self-cherishing attitude and the imprints of the afflictions uh, so that we can achieve the state of Buddhahood. So uh, we're able to do these things. We're able to do these things uh, as long as we practice the pathways which lead us to those various goals. So we have to engage in those practices um, and, uh, and, and not just receive the instruction and think that's sufficient. Chibu <laughs> 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 
Okay, so the fifth is the idea, is thinking of the Tathagatas, or the ones thus gone, as excellent uh, beings. Um, and here, this is referring to the fact that the word being, uh, um, if we were to look at it, it it's a, that, that um, uh, a being has the ability to perform uh, um, various uh, functions. Um, so um, they necessarily possess a consciousness, so the consciousness has the ability to perform various functions. And if we look at um, uh, all of the beings, um, and uh, um, that refers to any conscious possessors, um, if we look at all beings, the Buddha is the highest or the most excellent among um, all beings. And uh, if we uh, look at that, uh, that statement, uh, w uh, what is the most excellent uh, among all phenomena? And the, the statement is that the ultimate truth is the most excellent uh, truth um, or, or phenomena. Uh, if one is asked what it, who is the most excellent being uh, uh, or the most able being, uh, we would say Buddha. And then Rinpoche gave uh, in Sanskrit the, the jipu, which is also translated as being, uh, um, as well as kansak. We use the same word for both Tibetan words. Uh, is paruka, uh, puraka, poroka, puruka, 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 puruka. Uh, so my Sanskrit is just non-existent. So I apologize, but uh, and this uh, has uh, within it what I previously explained about abilities. Uh, um, so, um, going back to the Buddha, the Buddha, then, uh, the Kishina Kashi Jism, the Indixon. So what is the reason for this assertion that the Buddha is the most excellent being or the highest? There's different ways to translate it, but the highest or the most excellent being. The reason is, is that the Buddha is the only one who has given the presentation in full of the truth of suffering, the truth of origin, the truth of cessation, and the truth of path. Um, and because of the fact that the Buddha has been able to understand and know uh, these four truths, and is the only who has uh, um, expressed these four truths, uh, he is considered to be uh, the refuge for all sentient beings or the basis of a basis of refuge for all sentient beings. And it's because of this fact 
um, that we state that the Buddhist is the highest among all beings or the most excellent among all beings uh, because of the presentation of the Four Noble Truths or the Four Superior Truths. So the sixth is the wish that the teaching will endure for a long time. So if we have this motivation that we're attending the teaching, uh, so that the sutra teachings, so that the tantra teachings will endure, so that the Buddhist truth will endure, um, then this is of great benefit. so now we've arrived at the sixteenth uh, page, page sixty in the English text. Um, uh, now, looks like we're uh, right at the where it says twenty-five on the page. We're right around there, and I believe thus the idea of a sick per sick person is extremely important. I believe we're at that very sentence. Um, so this is where uh, we're going to begin this, in this new section. So again, on page 60, it says, Thus the idea of yourself as a sick person is very, is extremely important. Um, so uh, it's necessary for us to view ourselves as an ill person because if we don't have this first idea that we are ill, then the other ideas won't be possible to arise in our, in our mind. So it says, for if you have this idea, the other ideas will follow. 
Um, so it's necessary for us to, at the beginning, to recognize this fact of our, our illness, the truth of our illness, uh, because if that's not stable, then the other ideas will not be. Um, however, if this idea is mere words, then you will not put the meaning of the instructions into practice in order to clear away the afflictions, and you will you have been merely listening to the, these instructions. So. Uh, this is like the sick persons who sick, seek out a doctor. If they apply themselves only to getting the medicine prescribed but not taking it, they will not be free from <coughs> their illness. So if one just listens to the teaching but doesn't actually engage in the practices that are being instructed, it's like going to a doctor, being diagnosed, being given a prescription that will cure your illness and then just not taking the medicine. So. Uh, here, um, this is what is being presented and the meaning of the words uh, uh, that are presented. And there's a quote from the sutra called the King of Concentrations Sutra. <laughs> ま、ケシ。で、ま、てにて。で、じょん。へんじ、にわらじゃねね。へんでたんは。あね、ちし、しんばたん。へんのたんはちし、しんばたん。へんもざんし。パンバテラね。ね、なおとじゅ、へんも
So, I'm um, going to the top of the King of Concentration Sutra. I'm going to read it through once and then I'm going to comment on each line as Rinpoche just did. So, some people are ill, their bodies tormented. For many years, there is not even temporary relief. Afflicted with illness for a very long time, they seek a doctor in search of a cure. Searching about again and again, they at last find a physician with skill and knowledge, treating the patients with compassion. The doctor gives medicine, saying, Here, take this. This medicine is plentiful, good, and valuable. It will cure the illness, but the patient doesn't take it. This is not a shortcoming of the doctor, nor the fault of the medicine. It is just the fault of the person who is ill. Likewise, after you have left the householder's life for the sake of these teachings and have come to know the powers, meditative stabilizations, uh, and uh, faculties, how can you attain nirvana without making effort at meditation and effort at what is right? Uh, so here, this is a quote from the King of Concentration Sutra, uh, which is a, one of Buddha's sutras, um, and it says, Some people are ill, their bodies tormented. For many years there is not any temporary, even temporary relief. Uh, so there's people who have uh, just an illness that uh, tortures them, that causes them to suffer a great deal. And because they've been afflicted with that illness for such a long time, they search everywhere to find a doctor who would have a cure for that illness. Uh, so uh, um, this is an example uh, here that's being given uh, that's similar to one who doesn't practice. Um, so it leads up to that, obviously. Uh, so it says they look everywhere for a doctor who's a scholar uh, it's, uh, and, and try to uh, find who would give them some sort of cure for their illness. And then it says, searching about again and again, they at last find a physician with skill and knowledge. So they find a scholarly uh, doctor um, um, and, uh, uh, that's at a hospital um, um, or a um, doctor's office. Um, and it says, treating the patients with compassion, the doctor gives medicine saying, here, take this. So 
one has this idea that he or she is going to find this great scholar and looks for a hospital and finally finds the doctor uh, who is a scholar and the doctor prescribes the medication and says if one will take this it'll work uh, um, then it says this medicine is plentiful good and valuable it will cure the illness but the patients do not take it this is not a shortcoming of the doctor nor the fault of the medicine it is just the fault of those who are ill um, so once they uh, receive the prescription from the doctor, if they do not take it, then it's not the doctor's fault, it's not the medicine's fault, it's the person who is ill's fault. Likewise, if one uh, receives the explanation but does not put the instructions to, into practice, it's not the fault of the instructions, nor is it in fault of the instructor. It's merely the fault of the uh, practitioner who doesn't engage in the practices that are being instructed. And then the last, it says, Likewise, after you have left the householder's life for the sake of these teachings and have come to know the power of, uh, um, uh, know the powers, meditative stabilizations and faculties, how can you attain nirvana without making effort at meditation and effort at what is right? It says, once you uh, hear this is, uh, leaving the householder's life is referring to the five uh, different ordained vows within the individual liberation vows. So this is just speaking of uh, and that uh, to that specific demographic of those five uh, beings, the uh, fully ordained monk or nun being two, the uh, novice monk or nun being two, and the probationary uh, nun vow. So all of these five types of vows are ordained vows, which means that he or she has left the householder's life, um, has emerged from the householder's life. So it's saying, uh, once you've done so, um, and have learned of all of these different things, uh, if one doesn't meditate, uh, then none of the f uh, fruits that are spoken of, of practice the instructions, none of the purifications can take place. Uh, so no matter what, even if one has left the householder's life um, and knows of all of these things, without putting these instructions into practice, there will be no uh, result. One, how can you attain nirvana without making an effort at meditation and effort at what is right? So that's referring to putting the instructions into practice um, and uh, um, the need to do so. That's good, said Jigu. Yeah. Oh, and that's so. That's where I learned that. The Kashi Lasong. And start Detsuko, the NGK Kashilago. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, going back, just in case we missed anything on the DVD, this uh, medicine is plentiful, good, and valuable. It will cure the illness, but the patients do not take it. This is not a shortcoming of the doctor nor the fault of the medicine. It is just the fault of those who are ill. So, if one goes to a doctor and doesn't take the prescribed medicine, it's not the doctor's fault if the illness isn't cured. It's not the medicine's fault. It's the fault of the person who is sick for not taking the medicine. Likewise, if one attends the instruction and learns about the instructions, uh, attends the teaching and learns about the instructions, but does not practice the teaching that uh, uh, is being instructed to practice, then one cannot be freed from suffering, and then it is not the fault of the teacher, and it is not the fault of the Dharma itself. It's the fault of the practitioner for not practicing the instructions that are given. And then it says, likewise, after you have left the householder's life for the sake of these teachings and have come to know the powers, meditative stabilizations, and faculties, how can you attain nirvana without making effort at meditation and effort what is right? 
uh, an effort at what is right. And it says uh, at, here, it's speaking of leaving the householder's life and uh, receive, and that refers to receiving one among the five types of fully of, of ordained vows. Uh, the two types of fully ordained vow: the vow of the monk and the uh, fully or, the fully ordained monk and nun. The two full, uh, novice monk and nuns vows and the one probationary nun vows. So that's referring to that. So even if one has gone forth, it's literally translated as, or become ordained, um, and uh, knows of the powers, and knows of the meditations, and etc., um, if there isn't an effort made, if there isn't practice, <coughs> if one doesn't meditate on these instructions, then uh, the results cannot be achieved. Um, so here, this is reinforcing the need to engage in the practices that are being instructed. So if one doesn't acquire these ideas, if one doesn't think of this, uh, and then just develop through meditation, the desire to definitely emerge, or the desire to definitely get out, uh, and, and uh, practice, then it's not possible to achieve um, uh, the, the um, results that one desires. So if one doesn't do these practices, then one can't achieve liberation, one can't achieve Buddhahood. So here, uh, if we look at a householder, um, if we look at one who has not gone forth, uh, then one who has not gone forth or a householder can also achieve the state of liberation in Buddhahood. One has this uh, potential as well through engaging in practices and meditating. So. Uh, not exclusive to the one who has gone forth or become ordained. Um, so in the, so it, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, if one is ordained, then uh, he or she uh, has the ability um, uh, um, to um, uh, achieve the state of, of liberation. Uh, in the Nagarjuna's letter to a friend, um, it states that uh, if with practice, householders can achieve the state. Um, of Buddhahood, but the ordained without practice cannot, or uh, something to that degree. Uh, a householder will achieve uh, results by practice, uh, um, and if an ordained person doesn't practice, he or she won't achieve results. So it's saying that the practice is important, and a householder can achieve those results. And householder um, uh, vows uh, are three, and uh, if we look at the individual liberation vows, there are three. Um, uh, there are the uh, um, householder vows, they're called, of the male and the female, and those are the same vows. And then there's the 24-hour uh, um, uh, vow, um, uh, the emergence vow, or uh, I forget how it's translated, 
the emergence. It's, a, it's for a 24-hour period, and it's also a ha householder vow. Um, uh, so those are the three types of individual liberation vows for the householder, and that's what that word householder is referring to, one who has not gone forth um, uh, um, and become a monk or a nun. The Injapu Sawandupa. So if we look at the Guya Samaja Tantra um, and we look at uh, the king Indrapu, who is Indrapuja, is responsible for the Guya Samaja Tantra, this king is a householder, uh, was not uh, an ordained monk or nun. Uh, so here is an example of uh, um, um, an, a householder who is responsible for uh, such an important uh, highest yoga tantra uh, division. The Nipa Gare. The Kalachakra Tantra. The King Dawadzampo, uh, who is responsible for uh, Kalachakra um, lineage, was also uh, a uh, householder and not an ordained person. And the Marpa Lotsawa, the Marpa, the great translator, um, also was a, a householder and not an ordained person. So if one meditates upon the path, then one can achieve tar uh, liberation, one can achieve uh, Buddhahood without being ordained by meditating upon the path. So it says, also, I have, and it's page 61, also, I have explained this very good teaching. Yet, if you, having heard it, do not practice correctly, then just like a sick person holding on to a bag of medicine, your illness cannot be cured. So here is the, uh, the teaching. Uh, um, if you go to a doctor uh, and uh, you um, are, listen to the diagnosis uh, and uh, you uh, receive a prescription and you leave the doctor uh, with a big bag of medicine, but you don't take any of it, then the, med the illness can't be cured. Likewise, uh, um, uh, if you don't practice, then one, um, uh, uh, what is being instructed, uh, then the um, instructions can't be of benefit because the practice is what uh, is being really prescribed. 
So, um, so the next is a quote from Shanti Deva, and, and previously, your illness cannot be cured. Uh, Rinpoche was speaking about the illness of uh, abandoning the lower realms, achieving rebirth in the higher realms, the, pa- the pathways which lead to um, uh, the liberation and then complete Buddhahood. So Rinpoche mentioned that before, and I just forgot to say it. And then it says, Shanti Deva's uh, engaging in Bodhisattva's uh, deeds says, and that's the Shanti Deva's guide to the Bodhisattva's way of life. Physically put these instructions into practice. What will be accomplished by mere talk? Will sick persons be helped by merely reading a medical treatise? Um, so here, it's saying that uh, if one uh, only knows the information, if one only knows that, oh, if I do this and that, uh, I will be able to abandon the lower realms of rebirth. And this is what the teachings be, uh, for being in shared in common with beings of small and medium capacity are. And this is for... Uh, beings of great capacity. Uh, if one doesn't uh, um, uh, put these instructions into practice, then they won't be able to uh, produce uh, those results. And, and it says, what person will be helped by merely reading a medical treatise? If one just reads a, a medical journal about tuberculosis or cancer and has tuberculosis or cancer, just by merely reading these journals, one is not going to be able to be freed from his or her uh, illness. It says, what sick person will be helped? How will it help? Uh, So one has to put the instructions into practice. One has to, uh, just as he or she has to take the medicine that's being prescribed in order to cure one's illness. Nanjasulabalanesu, <laughs> Nyalanjeva Tabila, 
Therefore, earnest practice in the statement, think of earnest practice as what clears away the illness of the afflictions, refers to putting into practice the lessons that a teacher has imparted to you on what should be adopted and what should be cast aside. To do that, you need to know the lessons. For this, you need to study. The purpose of knowing them through study is to do them. Therefore, it is vital to put the meaning of what you have heard into practice as much as you are able. Um, and then there's a, it says in this vein, the verses about hearing says. Uh, so the various pronouncements of the Buddha, such as this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of uh, origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, this is the superior truth of path, um, uh, have to be first understood and then put into practice. So the Buddha stated that they are, uh, happen in this order because there are the various types of wisdoms uh, that arise and the various um, uh, realizations arise in that, uh, are, are the various um, uh, ability, one's ability to practice arise from those three types of wisdom. So one first has the wisdom arisen from hearing or listening, and then the wisdom arisen from analysis or contemplation, and then the wisdom arisen from uh, meditation. Uh, so these three types of wisdom allow one to abandon uh, various levels of misknowing uh, um, relative to these subjects. But one must first understand uh, the subjects. One must first uh, 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 have uh, know what the meaning of the instructions are because without that one will not be able to put them into practice so one has to have an, an understanding intellectually of what the meaning of the words are in order then, then to properly practice them um, so uh, it's necessary to first study uh, and then practice um, uh, and this is the order uh, that Buddha spoke of, of, of hearing and then putting it into practice, or studying and then uh, engaging, uh, if you will. Um, so um, all of these uh, um, uh, um, different uh, potentials uh, can be achieved of the uh, uh, pathways which lead to the lower realms, the pathways which lead to the higher realms, the pathways which lead to liberation, and the pathways which lead to um, um, Buddhahood. So one has to look at what to abandon and one, what to practice and really be um, on, uh, almost like honest with oneself about what one's abilities are. Uh, so looking at the different practices or the instructions that are being given and being realistic with oneself about one's abil true abilities because one can't practice all of the teachings uh, necessarily. One has to practice within his or her own scope or his or her own abilities. Uh, so uh, one should, uh, it says here, therefore it is vital to put the meaning of what you have heard into practice as much as you are able. 
and that is referring to what your own capacity is, how much you really honestly can, uh, because one can't necessarily uh, practice everything that's being taught. Uh, so one has to be honest with oneself. <laughs> So, um, if we go back to that quote from the collection uh, of indicative verses, uh, um, uh, from the verses about hearing, it says, uh, Buddha stated, through hearing phenomena are understood, through hearing wrongdoing is overcome, through hearing what is meaningless is eliminated, through hearing nirvana is attained. So here it says, through hearing phenomena are understood and wrongdoing is overcome. This is referring to the highest uh, higher training in ethics. So uh, through hearing, one understands what to abandon and then overcomes wrongdoing, because can differentiate between right and wrong, knows what is negative, what is wrong. Um, and then it says, through hearing, what is meaningless is eliminating. And this is referring to the highest higher training in concentration. Uh, so here, the concentration which utilizes as its object of observation, emptiness. So that which is meaningless is uh, that which is uh, wrong or, or not of meaning or of importance uh, because of the object of observation of that concentration. And then it says, through hearing, nirvana is attained. Uh, so here, this is referring to the highest higher training in wisdom. Through listening, one is able to uh, gain that uh, wisdom which utilizes as its object of observation um, emptiness, and that wisdom then allows one to be liberated or achieve uh, nirvana. Uh, so here, uh, it shows, uh, um, uh, we go back to that quote, and, 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 and it refers to the three highest higher trainings and how hearing is first the... Uh, uh, Mm-hmm. 
Then uh, it says, in this vein, the verses about hearing says, Even if you have heard a great deal, if you are not well restrained by ethical discipline, then because, you're ethical disciplined, uh, because of your ethical discipline you are scorned, and your hearing is not excellent. So if one has attended many teachings uh, um, and understands even many of the different subjects of the, the Dharma, but does not have uh, a good ethical discipline or is not ethically disciplined, um, then uh, you, one's hearing is okay, um, so it's good, but it doesn't categorically fall under the, uh, the, the term excellent. Uh, so hearing is not excellent, it's not the best, because if one isn't ethically restrained, then one's, uh, even if he or she has listened and heard all these things and understands them, then uh, the hearing is not under that category of excellent. Uh, and then it says, even though you have heard very little, if you are well restrained by ethical discipline, then because of your ethical discipline, you are praised as your, and your hearing is excellent. So if one has uh, only um, heard a little bit, um, and maybe understands only a very little, uh, but is ethically restrained, then um, they would categorically, um, even though there is uh, less of an understanding and less hearing involved, fall categorically under excellent hearing because of the ethical discipline that uh, is involved uh, that makes that hearing of what has been instructed excellent. So that word, punsun uh, soba, it can be translated as excellent or magnificent, just as a very big word. Uh, in Tibetan, like, uh, it's the best, uh, you know, great. <laughs> So then it says, persons who have not heard much and are also not well restrained by ethical discipline are scorned on both accounts and their conduct is not excellent. So if one uh, has listened very little and then also doesn't engage in ethical discipline or is unethical, uh, then they are uh, considered um, in both areas uh, um, not excellent. So when we look at conduct not excellent, conduct is another way of saying action. Uh, and action is engaged in through one's body, speech, and mind. Uh, so here one would say that the, um, their listening is not excellent, nor, is their, uh, nor are their action, actions. What 
So it says, those who have heard a great deal and are also well restrained by ethical discipline are praised on both accounts and their conduct is excellent. So they have a excellent ethical discipline or as, a, a, excellent actions, body, speech, and mind, and their uh, um, hearing is excellent. And then it says, though you might understand the heart of the scriptures through hearing, so one might understand very well, have a clear understanding of, of what the scriptures mean, and might know the core of meditative concentration, might understand completely the uh, various uh, stages of single-pointed concentration. Uh, such hearing and knowledge are of little import. So such uh, this knowledge, uh, this uh, um, um, uh, single-pointed concentration uh, that may even be pointed at wisdom, um, is of little uh, uh, import or really doesn't produce the results one wants if one is uh, wildly <coughs> engaged in coarse behavior. Uh, so engaging in negative actions or uh, in negativity. So even if the, this knowledge and there's meditation, uh, if one doesn't have this ethical basis, then it, it's of little result. Uh, so that's the meaning of that. <coughs> <coughs> So it's similar to uh, in English <coughs> studying in school or studying something. Uh, if we study something that we're trying to learn how to do and then learn it very well, but we don't do it, we don't engage in what we're trying to learn how to do, then those studies will really be of little importance. So if we're not doing something with what uh, uh, we're being taught uh, how to do, so if we're not doing what we're being taught, uh, that those teachings will be of, of little significance or little importance. So 
Those who delight in the teachings taught by noble beings, uh, those of the small, medium, and great uh, capacity teachings uh, taught by noble or superior beings, and practice accordingly uh, with body and speech, so uh, by, who engage in uh, positive actions of one's body and speech, who have patience, delight their friends, and are restrained, they will attain the perfection of hearing and knowledge. So those beings who practice and modify their behavior um, and uh, have those other qualities just mentioned, uh, those types of beings uh, are the ones who will uh, be able to go to the other side, literally, uh, to the prajnaparamita, to the perfection of wisdom. Those beings will be able to achieve that result. Those types of beings are those who will. And then there's a <coughs> quote from the um, Exoration to Wholehearted Resolve Sutra uh, by Buddha. It says, The foolish are sorrowful, sorrowful at the time of death, saying, My practice was poor. Now what is to be done? Not having found depth, they will suffer greatly, such, as, such are faults of delighting in just words. Um, so here, this is speaking of uh, um, someone at the time of death who has only gathered these words but not put any of the instructions into practice. Um, um, uh, so if uh, one hasn't put them into practice, then at the time of death there will be this regret, this sorrow, uh, because of not uh, um, um, putting these things into practice which will abandon the lower realms of rebirth and which will abandon um, uh, cyclic existence altogether. So this illness that we have uh, um, of, of suffering will not uh, be able to be eradicated with just those words and just listening. We have to actually practice what we've heard. <laughs> So at the time of death, if one recognizes he or she hasn't practiced, then suffering arises. The dutsu, the dutsu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like we're out of time. It's about two or three minutes to twelve.
uh, and we have the concluding prayers to do. Uh, so we'll continue next week uh, where we left off. And uh, thank you all for listening very well. Uh, we don't have any announcements, do we, of anything specific? No. Okay, so um, again, thank you all for coming. And remember that this is just a self-supporting uh, organization. And, uh, we just rely on everybody's donation. But there is not any pressure to feel the need to have to donate because we also want everyone to be able to come no matter what. The prayer books here, feel free to take home. If anybody would like the prayer books, uh, feel free to take them home, but please recognize that they are Dharma, and as Buddhists, we recognize them as holy words and to not leave them on the ground and put them somewhere that's safe and, and a higher place uh, and clean. So, thank you. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa, and forever I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness, all powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Gyatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of Christians and the whole of the spiritual and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friendly training extensively in the highway girls' house of Texas, and the exceptional wisdom of the Christian Thank you.